Okay, two weeks into the season, and the Giants are off to their worst start since 2015, when they're actually slightly worse. Uh, Doug, I'm in a really bad mood, so let's not start with me being crabby. Let's start with you being Doug. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the numbers, the first week the Giants went 2-5. and five. The second week they went 3-4. and four. They're just a few weeks away from going undefeated every week. You don't so, I mean, peaks. that's just math. That's how it works. We can all look forward to it. You don't think it, like, peaks and then it goes back to, then they start losing every week? No, if <laughs> anything, reverses? it'll get to 7-0 and and then it'll be, like, 8 and negative 1. So they'll go back and review an old game that they lost and be like, nope, they actually that's, won that. That's right. One of the few, can do amazing things. One of the few things from math I remember, minus a negative is a plus. That's yeah. great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, and so the Giants, it's not like the Giants are playing like the aliens from Space Jam or like the, the best teams in baseball history. They're playing the 2017 Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Padres, and they are struggling mightily against <laughs> them. Uh, I'm really annoyed that they played yesterday's game, uh, Easter Sunday, uh, in in what could be described generously as craptastic conditions. Uh, it's they one, were craptacular. Yeah, yes. It's one thing to play that game in the rain with the infield as bad as it is when you're eliminating the Cardinals from the postseason. <laughs> it's quite another when you're on the 14th game of the season and Jeff Samarja's starting against Antonio Senzatella. And I guess... If you read my recap yesterday, first of all, thanks and I'm sorry. That's, that's to everyone listening. Second of all, always. Yes, it's always, always the caveat of I'm glad you did, but I'm sorry that you had to endure it. Uh, it's, I just don't understand corporations always have to win. Not have to win like they're forcing, like there's a rule, but it's just they're going to win no matter what. If that game had been played or not. And so the risk to the players. Uh, inconvenience for the fans because I would I guarantee you going to a wet game is is an inconvenience it's better to not go to that game um, so the people who did go didn't have a good time especially when the Giants looked didn't look great I mean they didn't look awful they, they certainly looked worse on Saturday when they got shut out but that's that's uh, where I stand on on the idea of you don't always have to. You don't always have to make money on the day you had planned to baseball because you're gonna keep making money every other day. So uh, that that's my. That's I guess it's a. I'm not even that anti-capitalist, but it, it was pretty annoying. I mean, guys could have been hurt. Mark Reynolds acted like it was the weather that caused him to trip over first base, but <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, I don't know. You don't share this opinion, it sounds like. I mean, I, the the way... Be, I, I, but I'm just stuttering a lot, huh? <laughs> so, before before the game started, I would have said they shouldn't do it. Now that they've gotten it in and it seems like no one got hurt, it's like, well, fine. Like, I guess it happened and I shouldn't be too mad about it. Um, it was weird conditions for a baseball game. You don't usually play in, in that kind of pretty consistent rain. And it, it really could have affected the game a lot. We have no idea because we have no way of also playing it in the sunshine. 
or in regular baseball conditions that would be reasonable to play, to play baseball in. Um, but yeah, it's it happened and nobody got hurt, so that's good. I will say, like you you notice it in the first inning though, the um, Crawford's triple, it you know it hit uh, it, it hit drowned. the grass and it, it just drowned. It, it died. <laughs> Carlos Gonzalez had to go over and give it go over and give it CPR before he could throw it to third. <laughs> like that ball is going to have sexual memories of Carlos Gonzalez giving it mouth to mouth for the rest of its life. Like that's, that was a transformative experience. Uh, I was trying to make like a, like a Sandlot joke that didn't work. Oh, well, (laughs) uh, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it didn't affect Charlie black. It's funny. It didn't affect Charlie Blackman when he hit his leadoff home run. And it seemed like the Rockies weren't as bothered as the giants necessarily were, but, uh, it just, it just was a weird They've canceled that game before, and I wonder if it was if it was this coming Sunday if they wouldn't have just canceled it. You know, it's also a four game series. It, it was just weird. Like it just seemed like no. It seems like a good time to like the Giants would have had two travel days, you know, or they would have had two days off essentially because they have today off, and that could have been helpful too. Um, but no, that's that's not the call they made. All right. <laughs> It's I not guess all they made. <laughs> I mean, I guess it does save us from having to endure a Giants Rockies doubleheader in August or September. Oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm now completely in favor of them them playing this game. So one thing also that yesterday's game reminds us of is that the Giants are almost now two full years, like actual years, not seasons. From having uh, their from coming back in the ninth inning to win a game, and and frankly, Doug, I'm rooting hard for that. <laughs> yeah, how long can they last? Can yeah. can they go a whole another year? I think they can. You know, I know it's early, but they've looked so hopeless in the ninth inning. You have to think they can stick it out and really do it. Like they cannot come back for an entire other year. I believe in them. I think in they the have sense the, that I don't believe in them at all. <laughs> I think they have the right collection of talent to pull it off. <laughs> um, I, but I, it's it would be a very Giants way of getting to the two years. So what is that? May tenth or May fifteenth? I think is getting to like actually failing to come back on the anniversary, and then the next day coming back and winning. That is a very Giants thing I could see happening. Kind of like the splash at sixty nine. And, like, we couldn't even, like, enjoy it for a full day. <laughs> no, we, we had, like, three full days. Okay. It was the, it, we we yeah. couldn't even enjoy it a full week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it didn't even have enough time to become a meme. That's basically <laughs> the shelf life that, that you want there. Uh, getting shut out by Tyler Chatwood. Well, we're not going to go by game. That's, that's, that's the new rule this season. Folks, you need to keep us on top of that. So... We're going to go by player, but first I want to move this segment up right now because it's it's important and it's not going to last much longer. But <laughs> uh, the Buster Posey death watch, as you know, Buster Posey has turned 30 years old. He's a catcher, and even though he's on a Hall of Fame path, uh, a catcher in his 30s pretty much hits a performance wall and it becomes pretty useless pretty quickly. And I like adding pretty in front of everything because it makes everything sound prettier. But really, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that Buster Posey, we may not be able to enjoy his amazingness for much longer. He might just be really good. But in any case, what's the development this week on the Buster Posey Death Watch? Concussion. Through no fault of his own, 
Uh, he went on the concussion concussion DL, and you know it's it feels like every Buster Posey injury is is like some of the worst you can have, which <laughs> sounds sort of absurd because when you think a baseball player goes on the DL, that's usually what it means. <laughs> Usually it means something bad has happened. But getting hit in the head with a heavy 94.5-mile-an-hour fastball by Taiwan Walker, you know, that is, you know, we saw Matt Cain hit David Wright in the helmet, and and Matt Cain's fastball is not Taiwan Walker's fastball, even at that time. Uh, and so it was very scary to watch that. And it was his first plate appearance on the first game of the homestand. And uh, he was on the ground, and the image he had, which Grant used for his post— he definitely looked like he had had his bell run. Yeah, it was it was not good. He got because he got hit right in the in the SF on the logo on the helmet, and you know we thought that this would be that this segment this year would be injuries that were his body's fault <laughs> that right. were like he strains a hamstring because he's old, or you know his back gives out because he's old, or <laughs> some other injury because he's old. But no, this was this could have happened to literally anyone on the field. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be more like up oh, an, another one for eleven, and a ball he hit in the triples alley was only a single like that. That's what right. I was another, another two months without a home run. That's right. Uh, he hit an eighteen footer through the infield or an eighteen hopper through the infield to drive in an RBI. Like that's that's basically it. Uh, it's scary. I think. And the more, I mean, I'm saying I think it's good that baseball is addressing this. It has addressed it with this concussion DL. And I think we all know, including baseball, it's, I think it's better to do, in this case, do something as opposed to nothing. And the something being obviously rest. Because the alternative is nothing. But really, the, the bigger thing, it's all under the umbrella of we don't really know. And that's the scary part. We don't really know how to really handle. We think we have an idea with what to do with concussions. Don't have the person get hit in the head again. Like that's that's the starting point. Like we well, should football goes another way, right? But yeah, in yeah. baseball, basically every other sport is basically like you know what he just got hit in the head. Let's put him in situations where he's not going to get hit in the head for at least a little while and let his head kind of clear up um, and before we throw him back out there. Um, I think coming back, it's always going to be interesting to watch. It's always interesting is the wrong word. Something to watch is what happens to the player when he stands into the batter's box. Every person, every human being is different. And there would be no, to me, it would be not a, it would be completely understandable if Buster Posey was like, it is hard for me to stand on top of the plate. It is hard (laughs) for me to dive in, dive on pitches now. I would See no pro- I would totally understand that. And it would be more explainable than catchers forgetting how to throw back to first to the pitcher or, you know, Chuck Knobloch forgetting how to throw to first base. Not that those things are bad. I'm not judging them as bad. I'm just saying what's it's more explainable, understandable if a hitter's like, I don't want to stand in against a ninety five mile an hour fastball right now. I just don't. <laughs> like it makes sense. Like, I've never considered this, but what if it comes at my head again? <laughs> right. did, did everyone else know that could happen? That's right. And you can't, if you're a giant, go into any situation where you think it can't be worse than it was before. Because, 
literally the whole team walked in with like, well, we can't, our bullpen can't be as bad as it was last year. And in the first game, the bullpen went, yes, we can (laughs) watch. Uh, So there's the Buster Posey death watch for the week. And uh, I I don't have a scale. We don't have any satisfying wrap up to this, but I think this is a good week to not try to figure that out just based on how severe the injury is. And, you know, the, the long-term effects of concussions, it's all very scary. And I'm not even thinking about him as a, as a, I'm thinking of him as a human being, you know. Eugenio Velez, he had a concussion a few years ago. And he's a total goofball who already makes a bunch of mental errors on the field. But man, I don't want him having brain damage from playing baseball. You know, the only people who should be getting brain damage from baseball are the fans from watching it. That's the only <laughs> brain damage we should be getting when we and, watch things that know, drive us crazy. Getting brain damage from watching baseball. Let's talk that's, about the Giants. That's right. Here we go. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and let's go right into the other big injury of the week was Jarrett Parker, who broke his clavicle on a very nice defensive play against the wall, uh, robbing or taking away what would have been an extra base hit, I think, from Carlos Gonzalez on Saturday. And a broken clavicle, he's going to be out probably three months and the Giants do expect him to come back this season. And I don't know what else, what more to say than that other than, uh, than the pun tough break. And, uh, and I'd say, I always think broken bones are underrated in terms of how scary they are, but maybe it's because I watched that, those house episodes where they're like, Oh, you break a bone and some fat gets, you know, clogs your arteries and you have a stroke and die like from a right, broken like, toe. <laughs> like, you know, every, every bone is actually full of tumors. But as long as they're whole, you're fine. <laughs> we have this broken bone throwing clots all over your body. You'll have an aneurysm and who knows. But I mean, it is. It, it, when you think about it, it's like bone is not supposed to break. <laughs> so it's that's it's a bit underrated <laughs> in terms of what an injury is. And I would say, even you know, if you're playing a sport hard enough to break bones, that should tell you some degree the intensity of the sport. Anything that can cause your brain to collide with the skull and <laughs> and bones to break, there's a lot going on. And what does it mean for Jarrett Parker? It doesn't. It never really felt like Jarrett Parker was going to really do much this year, but now my cynical mind goes, well, now this just extends his stay, his opportunities now. Because <laughs> they're going to count positively like, oh, this set him back. So we don't really still know who the real Jarrett Parker is. But I, Doug, I, who do not judge base, who do not scout baseball players, still feel very confident that we know who Jarrett Parker is as a player. So Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so. Like, And it's a little... You know, my I think that as much as the Giants like to keep inventory, I think that if Mac Williamson had been healthy at the end of spring training, it would have been his job because Jared Parker looked awful at the end of spring training. You know, he he wound it up with something like a two for twenty with twelve strikeouts. It was something like crazy bad like that, and that's the kind of thing that the Giants notice and the Giants really don't like. The Giants don't like strikeouts. I'll say this: having seen both Parker and Williamson in in AAA. When Mac Williamson struggles, you're mostly looking at him and like he's guessing wrong. You're like, oh, it's in his head, and he's, you know, he's really frustrated and he's not doing the right thing. When Jared Parker struggles, you're like, oh, he's never heard of baseball before. (laughs) 
it's, but, it's really stark, and that's not a problem that's going to go away at the major league level. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to watch him because I see a guy who... Underst- like he understands conceptually I have to be selective on my pitches so he he seems to take pitches but it doesn't seem like he's tracking what pitches he's taking does that make any sense yeah no that's that's another thing I've noticed that he'll get up there and it'll be like a three two count and it'll like I can't say for sure this is what he's thinking obviously but it will come off like he's thinking he's probably gonna throw a ball so I'm not gonna swing like before the pitch yeah, just make yeah. that decision and then, you know, no matter what the pitch is, he's like, oh, well, yeah, guess not. You can, Jarrett Parker can, you can foul pitches off. Right. <laughs> that is possible. Um, I, this is good. This takes us right into our players, our player breakdown, uh, because plate appearances and what happens in them uh, approaches, I think is a really interesting thing to watch in such an early season. And let's just take out... Let's ignore the obvious people. I think we want to hone. People might want to hone in on Chris Marrero, who's not an answer, but him getting a little bit more comfortable and putting together slightly better at bats. And we're talking like 025 percent better at bats, but right. still noticeably, you know, slightly better at bats. I, I do want to jump straight to Denard Spam because I don't know what his value is on the team. When he puts together long at-bats, but long in the way of like, well, this movie is long, but was it good? <laughs> like, uh, you know, yesterday against the Rockies late in the game, he and Belt uh, struck out, um, you know, back-to-back. Nasty stuff from Mike Dunn, I think, was the pitcher. And, you know, some sliders in there. But chasing, when he was sitting on pitches, and it was not quite the Jarrett Parker thing, but I think in those situations it was... Span was wanting the swing, and he's a swing-first guy, but with some plate discipline, but still pretty much in the same strata as Angel Pagan, really, but just slightly better at taking pitches, it seems like, um, you know, getting a few more walks. Uh, and, and so I guess if he's not hitting a lot, and he's, his defense is okay, and he doesn't really steal bases because he doesn't get on base, base too much, why is he leaving off? That's my long question. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess the answer is that he's fast and that Nunez looks good hitting where he's lit, where he's hitting, and then that's it. I mean, the but Giants don't have anyone else who Bochi wants, who Bochi has who is fast, so it's going to be Denard's fan. And they signed him to be the leadoff hitter, so he's going to be the leadoff hitter. But like we were saying last week, Joe Panic got a little spotlight in the leadoff position and did great. And he works account and he seems appearance wise. And I, so I understand that that is already suspect, but when panic is taking pitches and he's working counts, he looks like, and span does this too, but not, it doesn't seem as consistent because span sometimes like, I know he's going to throw me a strike. I'm going to swing at it. Panic's, always seems except when he's going rough panic still when he's at his best is saying i'm going to take what he gives me and yeah. that seems like a qualitative difference now the the difference i guess between the two of them is spans got a lot more experience uh and so that tends to work for him 
But now you just get into the performance aspect of it, of and it's like, well, Span has been the leadoff hitter for, you know, for a, a season and about two weeks, and he looks, you know, it's basically a 700 OPS, and his on base is about 330, 340, and that's it, and that's not a leadoff hitter. I mean, if this is 1997, it might be, but uh, otherwise, it, it's just strange to me. Um, and is and he doesn't even strike me as a classic speed guy either. And Nunez this year seems to be much more how the Giants envisioned him to be last year. And that could be a base coach thing, a scouting thing, who knows. But it's also still incredibly early. But he does have four or five stolen bases already. I think uh, you know Nunez versus Span is is not the conversation I would have. I would say why not do Panic, or heck, why not do Belt? You know. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I, I tend to go. When, when the team's not doing too well, it's easy to really, you know, you've got nine losses to kind of pour through, and you can find a lot. With the Giants, you can find lots of things to look at and go, hmm, why this? <laughs> um, and I say belt, this is great, so move right into belt. I say belt, and after his great first week, uh, batting average-wise, he's certainly cooled off a little bit, but he's still working the count. He's not really still hitting for a ton of power. Yesterday, he did go two for four with a double. So that's like I swallowed my own words right there. But, you know, (laughs) late in the game, it's still just one of those things. He's a guy that he is the the poster child of this because he will get the criticism that Hunter Pence deserves, that Belt doesn't deserve. Brandon Belt doesn't give away at bats late in the game, but he still doesn't come through when they need him to. But... Hunter Pence in consecutive at-bats from the sixth inning on, he had a runner on second base and he's swinging at the first pitch. You know, just stuff like that. And it's like, is that your best pitch that you got? And neither one seemed like it. But I guess you uh, um, you don't change your spots if you're if you're that particular cheetah. So I've gotten <laughs> a belt and I've gone to Pence. Who do you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I mean, let's... Let's go with Nunez. I don't know. Nunez week, this week wasn't <laughs> as good. Why not? Let's just keep it going. Nunez's week wasn't as good as his first week, but he still looked like a good player. Um, I don't think anyone would complain about him other than people who want him to be Matt Duffy, who I don't think has seen the field yet this year. Right. But, yeah, Nunez, Nunez has been a good player. I, I, I like watching him. He's been fun. Yeah, I I don't mind defensively. He's been fine. I I feel like he's still a, a probably a bit too. I don't know. He's still too swingy. <laughs> you know, I, and he he's a guy like Pence, and then you've got Marrero in there, and you've got Hunley in there. Who Hunley understands to take pitches for his pitcher. That's what I And he seems to be just generally slightly more selective. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is the Giants do have kind of a, too many swing-happy guys in the lineup right now. And I don't need them to be walk guys, but it just seems like Nunez... Nunez could have won the game on Friday, I think it was. He hit it right to LeMahieu at second base, but he's swinging on the first pitch. And again, it's just, if that is their best pitch, then swing at it. That's the organizational philosophy. But at the same time, you just have to wonder, like, well, if you're just thinking about swinging, then are you really thinking about putting your best swing on something? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
so that's what it comes down to. But I, you know, I'm a fan of the Nunez signing and uh, and all that stuff. So yeah, I guess it, it's just kind of a, a weak. He's basically got a 325 slugging percentage though, or a 320 <laughs> on base and a and a 330 slugging, and it's like, well, that's not good because you're slightly better than Denard Span at this point. Um, in any case, uh, Hunter Pence, his birthday the other day, uh, he. He looked okay. He he's looked. I guess he's just going to be fits and starts, right? I, I wonder. I wonder if he's in the best position to succeed right now with Posey out too. If he's going to quite get the number of pitches, because um, even when Buster Posey is going bad, he's still a tough at bat. Yeah, and, I mean that's that. The, there are a lot of reasons the lineup misses Buster Posey, but to have you know they have discipline with Belt. And then when they're going good, they have discipline with Posey, and that's real and panic. But with only two of those guys in the lineup, it's it's tough. As, in terms yes. of guys who can actually hurt you with the bat. Sorry, Denard Span. Show me I'm wrong. But, well, I mean, it yeah. goes Span, but it's you know classically it's Span Belt, and then you've got Pence, Crawford, Hundley, Nunez, and then Panic. And so you kind of, in theory, uh, Crawford tends to put together a good at bat here and there for the most part. But you really could go seven. You could really go eight pitches <laughs> after belt until you reach panic. Like you could really do an inning like that. And it seems like the last few days, or at least since Posey's been out, that has been what's happening. You know, the Rockies, uh, Tyler Chatwood, who we haven't really talked about, um, he almost threw a shutout under 100 pitches. And, and you know, the pitcher... Yesterday, who I just had his name, Senzatella. There we go. Uh, Senzatella, he, he was on pace for a little while there. Um, and so it's just a, it's just a, not a good, it's not sustainable. And there's not a lot the Giants can do about it at the same time based on their inventory of players, their organizational philosophy, uh, and, and just the way some of those hitters are going right now. So, uh, what what is your thought of Nick Hundley as a backup catcher? He seems like a perfectly fine backup catcher. Like he's you know he's he's not as good defensively as as you know Trevor Brown or probably Fedorovich. You know it's been hard to tell, but he can he can hit a little bit better. He's doing he's doing okay. You know you just don't want him to start, and uh, he's starting right now. Yeah. Well, the Giants called up Tim Fedorovich. We should talk about that. And in order to make room for him on the roster, on the 40-man, they designated um, Clayton Blackburn for assignment and wound up trading him for Frady De La Rosa. Am I saying that right? Frendy. Frendy. We yeah. are your Frendy. Yeah, okay. You're your Frendy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frendy De La Rosa, who's an infielder. So Giants have a lot of infielders, depth-wise. <laughs> Kelby Tomlinson, Christian Arroyo. Well, Frendy's um, probably going to go to San Jose, so he's not. Sure, sure. Not. I'm just saying organizationally. Yes, they they're, do. They're, they're tending to stockpile there. Uh, and better to get something for Clayton Blackburn versus nothing. And uh, I think you identified him. You're like the only person in Giants land to have. So good for you, Doug, to identify him as the DFA candidate. You should definitely take a victory lap. Not around the field right now because it's soaking wet. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I uh, I think Fedorovich defensively he's going to turn one of the Giants pitchers into Clayton Kershaw since he was Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher for so many years. So Matt Moore, 
Uh, Wait, Fedorovich was? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, am I the only one who knew that? <laughs> I, I'd forgotten that he was that that he was on the Dodgers then, because I assumed that AJ Ellis was the personal catcher for his entire AJ Ellis. But then Tim Fedorovich was was the like backup for that for that season, and he was the guy before it was Ellis. It was Fedorovich. Oh. So it's never the primary catcher. No. Oh God, no. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw's too good for that. It's kind of like the Lins- it's kind of like the Lincecum syndrome. <laughs> where it's like whoever your best catcher is, I don't want him as my yeah. catcher. <laughs> uh, there can only be one alpha. Uh, so uh, overall, <laughs> I mean, you look at the well, Brandon Crawford. He had a he had a nice week, by the way, and he's hitting very well uh, OPS wise. He's he's the best right now, and for what that's worth, and still making the plays on defense. He had a personal tragedy this week, which was really tough to hear and. Uh, his sister-in-law passed away, and it's—I don't know how baseball players do it during the whole season because it's their life. It's different from our jobs. Even people who are working sixty or eighty hours a week, you, for the most part, go home every day. And baseball players don't like. They don't have like their life is basically six, seven months out of the year. They're like, I'm on the road. So I mean the. It's just strange. So when you have these personal tragedies and you have these little things that go on, you know, it's hard. I would say it's hard for me to understand how that puts them through because then they've got to like go and play baseball, which is good. I would imagine some of the time to clear your head, but other times it's sort of like you're probably thinking, should I be doing more than what I'm doing right now? Um but then the other way of looking at it, Doug, is I am the source of income for my bloodline for the next five generations. So, <laughs> so I yeah. probably should go out and do that regardless. Um, <laughs> that's probably what it is. There we go. We've solved it all. Uh, is there any other standouts that we can that you can think of right now? I mean, the Giants didn't have a sharp week, but um, offensively, they were... They were shut down, but then, you know, I want to talk about Tyler Chatwood for just a second. Um, I want to talk about two Rockies pitchers. Tyler Chatwood was throwing a ridiculous fastball, and he had either a slider or a cutter that was moving like no pitch. I can't think of another pitcher who's a starter whose stuff moves like that. Uh, And I'm sure there are. I just can't think of them right now. But it was... He was very tough, and even if the Giants had a full-strength best lineup, that would have been a tough game regardless. Uh, And then I want to throw out there that Adam Ottavino, one of the Rockies relievers, has a 94, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and now he's got a stupid uh, Frisbee slider. So now he he had that stupid Frisbee slider before he got hurt, too. I remember seeing that and thinking, how does anyone ever hit that? this is going to be the greatest pitcher of his generation. And then he got injured because probably it's really bad for his arm. <laughs> but he's basically Santiago Casilla plus Sergio Romo now. Yeah. That's annoying. That's annoying. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. The Rockies are extraordinarily annoying. And we did even touch on how Nolan Arenado uh, had a child and his name is DJ LeMayhew. And they're exactly <laughs> the same. 
And DJ LeMahieu was the batting champion last year, which, by the way, is a stupid award. But anyway, or a stupid <laughs> distinction. But uh, it's basically most batting average. That's what the award is. So DJ LeMahieu had the batting title last year. He came into the Giants series. I remember distinctly hearing before first pitch of the first game of the four-game series, uh, Dave Fleming saying, oh, he's, he's scuffling as he comes into the series. Last year's batting title guy he's like hitting 180 or something he's hitting 280 he comes out of the giants playing the giants and he's hitting fine and and the cubs just kind of gave him away and he played he played nolan arenado-esque defense at second base so doug now i'm really ticked off because the giants killers are multiplying across the league and that feels like that's bad for your team if if every team has at least one person who destroys you yeah, like they don't get to have another one. Come yeah. on, Rockies. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. This is going to backfire just... somehow, by the way. Like, the Giants are going to be the only team they're good against, and you're going to wish. You're going to wish you only had Arenado. <laughs> I mean, Cargo and, uh, and, and um, oh, man, Cargo and Trevor Story are both pretty decent against the Giants, too. So it's, you know, and, and, uh, and, Oh, I thought I was going to say Corey. And Blackman. And Blackman's been good against the Giants, too. So, really, it's just the Rockies are good against the Giants offensively. And now that they might have some pitching. But yeah, seriously. And going back to the pitching, um, when we had Adam Peterson on from Purple Row, the rotation was one of the things he talked about, that they could be really good and people wouldn't see it coming. And That's right. At least against the Giants, they have been really good. Yeah. So... Uh, and the, go and the di- row. And the Diamondbacks have been good uh, as well uh, overall outside of the Giants too. Yeah, they swept, uh, they swept the Indians between their two Giants series. I still think the Hairstens kind of got loose a, a few <laughs> years ago, and are they put something in the water? So that's that's my what I'm going with. I mean, they had opportunity. They were in the NL West for so long, so <laughs> so who knows. Uh, all right, and so pitching-wise, I mean, Samarja, Jeff Samarja is basically a four-and-a-half ERA guy for a season. So the, if the Giants, if every, if, hey, folks, if we're all okay with that, <laughs> <laughs> then then it's these starts that he have had, like yesterday, are going to be far less grading. I mean, he still threw seven innings. He struck out eight. He didn't walk anybody. Hey, now. Yeah, if you're gonna be bad, don't walk people. That's that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, it was it was not that bad of a start, except he gave up three runs in the first inning. And if you went, you know, the game was starting, you're like, oh, I have to get a snack, and then you left and you came back, and then suddenly it was three nothing. Then you're like, oh, Jeff, <laughs> you're so silly. And also going off yesterday's game, we should probably talk about uh, Okert, Steve Okert's up. Uh, now or temporarily until Buster Posey comes back tomorrow, I'm guessing. And uh, Hunter Strickland had another good a- good outing. He looked good. Um, he's really throwing that two seamer with confidence. Man, I sound like a like a, like a base. He's throwing that two seamer with confidence, but he really was. I mean, he was attacking the hitters. He wasn't nibbling and, and staying away. He was going in. Um, so I I don't know that. Any good looks from the bullpen are, are was worth celebrating, man. Come on. Right. I mean, it's it's annoying that they can't have good looks from the bullpen in the rotation in the same game. But hey, let's just 
celebrate it when we can. <laughs> uh, and Okert, though, being used as only a loogie, that's going to be a little distressing. Well, it'll be distressing he, if he's still on the roster tomorrow. Sure. But, I mean, the, he was brought up to face Carlos Gonzalez, and that, that was it. And, you know, he could have gone the whole inning. I mean, he's, he's an interesting guy. But, yeah. I mean, he's an interesting guy going forward. We'll see how the season goes because he's definitely going to come up again for sure. Um, and then the rest of the week, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, he, he's had better starts. Um, <laughs> he's, he's still pretty darn good. Um, <laughs> and I guess, I guess the only other – Matt Moore was what was surprising to me. Johnny Cueto was Johnny Cueto. It's going to be really sad to let him go. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Matt Moore's start was actually very surprising to me. I just don't expect – call me an idiot, Doug, because I didn't think he was going to keep mixing in these goofily bad starts. Uh, I thought he was going to be pretty solid and and probably because of all the walks be like Russ Ortiz or he'll keep you in the game. But he didn't keep them in the game. No, the I mean, <laughs> he, he was awful on yeah. on Saturday. If he And, he, you know, he gave up what? Six was it four runs or six? I don't even remember. Whatever it was, if it had if it had been at Coors instead of AT and T, he'd have given up twelve. Yeah. There were you know four or five different fly balls that were warning track outs that were hit hard. That you just look at and you go, oh man, good thing they're at AT and T. And then Arenado, I think Arenado homered in the fourth inning, and you're like, well, that's it. It started, and it started. He just. Oh, yeah. He was he was just awful all day, and you know I I'd kind of hoped too after how good he was um, on Monday that he he had like turned a corner or he had nope 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 yeah ten hits three walks five strikeouts uh, gave up the home run he threw 105 pitches I love that he's he's back from Tommy John. I mean, he's like now 18 months removed, I think from it from, or maybe almost two years now from Tommy John. But I do like that Bochi, since he's gotten him has been like, I'm going to just have him throw as many pitches. There've been some extenuating circumstances. The two big ones that come to mind last year was like, okay, well no hitter against the Dodgers. (laughs) And then, Oh, we we're in the playoffs. We don't want to go to our bullpen unless we absolutely have to. So those were extenuating circumstances, but I I do appreciate that Bruce Bochy is sort of like, you know, Matt Moore pitching into the sixth inning with the game that he's having. And that's, that's, uh, I think that will ultimately serve Matt Moore well, because I still think he's, he's really good, but man, I just, and also Doug, I guess we are, I'm being too harsh. It is still the first month of the season. He could straighten it out, but that was kind of a, a shockingly bad start. It was a really bad start. It was just, you know, even when he was getting guys out, you were worried, which is not a good sign. No, yeah. And I, I think I think it's tough to follow Bumgarner and Cueto in, in the sense of like, well, you kind of, even when they're bad, they're still good in, in stretches for the, most, for the most part. You know, Cueto will have starts where he'll give up four runs in an inning, but then on either side of that inning... It's just like, oh my God, give him the Cy Young right now, uh, that kind of thing. And with that, I would be fine if that's how Matt Moore develops, but that, when from the first pitch on, it's just rough. Oof. And Samarja, this is why I say he's a 450 ERA guy, and we should be happy with him. 
as I wrote in the recap, it's like he will he will be fine outside. He'll have rough innings, but then kind of pull out of it. Um, then I was I guess I was expecting Matt Moore to be that way. Man, Matt Moore, you've been a giant for like 15 starts, and I have such high expectations for you. <laughs> uh, so the Giants, uh, or so let's, I want to talk about this Johnny Cueto thing real quick. The Giants are going to go to Kansas City for two games, sort of back to the scene of the crime this week, which will be fun. But I, I don't think we have any. I don't have any thoughts of the Giants being remotely competitive in either of these two games. But it'll be fun to watch all the highlights again for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I kind of envision it will be very similar to when the Giants played them in August of 2014 and the, the Royals just bashed their brains in in like a three or four game series, which is why the World Series, I was thinking, well, it's baseball. And the Giants getting their, their butts handed to them over over an interleague series probably means they'll somehow be competitive against the Royals in the World Series. That was what happened. Right. It, it worked um, that year for the Nationals. So why not the Royals yeah. too? Exactly. Uh, so that'll be fun, and uh, Ma- uh, Madison Bumgarner is supposed to start, so that'll be also fun. It would be fun if he came in in relief. <laughs> that would also be fun, too. Just, we'll just, see ha- just have him warm up during Kane's start from, like, the first <laughs> inning. <laughs> um, or have Ty Block wear his uniform. <laughs> That's probably the better way to go. Um, uh, but I want to touch on one thing. Hank Shulman posted an article about Johnny Cueto would prefer to end his career in the American League, uh, and and that that just that just made me extremely sad. Now Johnny Cueto is just basically he feels more comfortable there, and he kept saying he thinks it's better there, and into which I say, well, I mean the Giants did beat American League teams three years, three times. It's possible. Um, the national, so I don't know. Johnny Cueto broke my heart in two ways. He impugned National League Baseball and basically said, "I'm going to leave at some point." And I, I'd like him to retire as a Giant, Doug. <laughs> well, he unless won't. he retires after this year, he's probably not going to. <laughs> and I think I saw earlier and in another article, maybe from Shulman as well, the Giants. You know, they're going to try to resign him. During the off season, obviously when he opts out, and it's just like, I really hope it's just a PR thing, and they never actually like no important person makes that those series of phone calls to make it look like the Giants reached out, <laughs> right? Um, or like they they go to the agent, they're like, well, just uh, let's just have a dialogue about terms, you know, when they hear that he's going to sign with someone else, right, right. And I'm trying to think of what American League team would be a good fit for him. Well, I, a good fit is probably the wrong framework for the question. But basically, like, what? where do you think he would wind up? Maybe that's the game we should play, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it feels too early to say that. I don't know. The Royals could The Royals could jump into the mix. Uh, they, they could be a team. They could, they could go for that again. Um, you could see the Rangers. They're kind of a big money team that always seems to need pitching. Yeah, the Rangers feel like probably the most logical pick, to be honest. But then, you know, based on that, the Astros, why wouldn't the Astros go for him, for that matter? Um, it'd be fun to see the A's get him. <laughs> what? It'd, it'd be fun to see the A's get him because it would be like they're stepping out of like, we're not we're not cheapskates anymore. <laughs> like, And they just went for it. And, uh, and he... I don't know. He, if he likes the Bay Area, it, w- it might work. That's I, I don't it know. might work. 
but yeah, I think I think Texas. That's man, good because I can't see the Yankees doing it. Uh, I I can't. The Rays obviously are out. I don't see Baltimore doing it. Uh, I I see the Red Sox going after him hard, but. My question to any baseball player is why the hell would you sign with the Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, I was the, thinking that the Red Sox rotation is full of high-paid high-paid pitchers for so long that, like, can they really put Cueto in there too? Well, it is Dave Dombrowski, and it's and he definitely operates under the whole it's not my money. Right, that's true, which is the right <laughs> thing to do in that position. But yeah. I don't know. Which oh, which reminds me, his old team, the Tigers. They would they would be a logical. The t- yeah, the fit Tigers, I think, are the other logical fit besides the Rangers. But I don't know. Maybe there's something about Boston that makes people want to go there for some reason that no one will ever understand. I can't. I can't see. I mean, I could see him on the team actually very easily. I just don't understand why people go there. Actually, I don't hey, even have the David Ortiz play, quick factor. Game. Quick game. <laughs> Let's assume that the teams are, are essentially equal in every every way, you know, record and personnel. Where would you be more likely to sign? With the Red Sox or the Phillies? Oh man. Oh man. That's tough. Both bad cities. Uh, <laughs> uh, both are, here's my question. Are the Phillies actually a bad organization in the way that the Red Sox are? I don't mean performance-wise. No, I, I, mean I understand. Culture, culturally. I, I understand you mean like after they, after they trade you, they're going to then plant <laughs> right. 12 stories in the media about how you're a drunk. I don't feel like the Phillies would stab you in the back like that. I, I don't. However, I would counter that with Phillies fans are more likely to not hate you when you're good. Well, and Johnny Cueto's going to be good forever, so right. he should be fine. And Red Sox fans would hate him irrationally despite that. And I don't think Phillies fans would. I think as long as he performed, they'd be okay, mostly. Right. Watch, he's going to like sign with the White Sox. It's just <laughs> going to be... Uh, the White Sox are the worst. They're not the worst. They're just, they just are boring and, and uninteresting. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I would say the Phillies. You take the Phillies in that situation. Yeah, I think so. I think you just, I think just no one should ever sign with the Red Sox. Also, is the NL East, the NL East is not a bad division. If we're talking about the NL East versus the AL East, you know, the NL East has interesting doormats. The Marlins are an interesting doormat. The Braves are an interesting doormat. And then the Mets, which are just fun because you can torture the Mets. Right. Um, And the AL East is just like Yankees, Orioles. Red Sox, and then are there other teams? And oh, there's the Rays. Rays. <laughs> are, are, the, and, are the Rays the most like the most hyped, boring team in baseball? The most hyped, boring team. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, they are the most hyped, boring team. Although the Tigers, I think, had the trophy for the last, not last year, the like the the Jim Leland years. Yeah, they were the most hyped, boring team. Because yeah. the the Rays were still a little bit fun when they had David Price and 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 I think Joe Madden and Jim Leland that all overlapped too, um, I would say so. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, the the Orioles are actually surprisingly boring, but they're also pretty good. But they're also not that hyped. Yeah, and and they hit a lot of dingers, which means you know they do hit a lot of dingers. And Buck Showalter is an entertaining manager. Exactly. Uh, the Yankees are actually. 
if they were better, they would be for sure because they'd be getting super hyped. But the Yankees, the current Yankees, are pretty boring. They, well, most most Yankees are pretty boring. Yeah, I would say they had some life the last time they won the World Series. In their World Series years, they're mostly boring. But yeah, they are pretty boring for the most part. They're they are like the epitome of being boring and corporate and winning. So yeah, the the yeah, it would be great to be on the Phillies if you're Johnny Cueto. <laughs> And if your like only Johnny, other option was the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but if you're like Johnny Cueto and you're leading the Phillies' meager rotation and kind of nothing line or no-name lineup and you're leading the NL East by five games in, in August, just think about how it would drive all the other teams crazy. <laughs> it'd be great. Oh, it'd be, I'd love it. Um, all right. So let's pick our players, our player, our worst player of the week. Let's start with that. Worst? <laughs> Who let us down? Who was the least Giants this week? <laughs> the least Giants. <laughs> um, oof. Ah, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, my default. So many there's candidates. So, there's so many candidates. My default stealth pick is pretty much always going to be Aaron Hill. Not for any particular reason other than the, the Finleying. You put him on the team. I put him on the team. I wish I had him. <laughs> I, I wrote that. I wrote, you know, he shouldn't be on the team because he could be the next Steve Finley. And the front office was like, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> he really is being the next Steve Finley. <laughs> he is. So he's living down to that. This is good. I hope it becomes a recurring bit. <laughs> uh, all right, Aaron Hill. I'm going to say Matt Moore. Okay. Uh, I mean, Matt Moore had the, was... also had the he had the he had the worst start. Oh, uh, you know what? You're right. He had the best start. That's mean of me. I can't be that recent. I'm gonna say Denard Span. Okay. He came back yeah. and he looked okay, but since then, especially yesterday's game or the whole weekend, I I don't understand how you face. You're the third time facing a pitcher and you look worse. <laughs> like I don't get that. Right. Um, That's when the pitcher should be awful. Yeah. Or yeah, or the hitters should be better. How about that? So, uh and then who do you got for player of the week? Uh player of the week, I'm you know what? Because I'm not likely to ever get another chance to pick him. I'm gonna say Matt Kane. He got a win. Matt Kane. He really did. And he looked okay. Yeah, he, he had a rough first inning and then everyone you yeah. know, by everyone I mean me, but everyone thought he would kinda that would snowball and he'd be awful. He was like, No, I'm gonna be good for four innings. And you know what? That's that's great. That's as much as we can expect from him. I would say he's looked okay in both of his starts this year. I don't think I got a chance to see the Padres start. I, I just saw the final line. I mean, he was terrible. He was he's he's looked worse. How about that? Yeah, he's looked. So if Matt Cain pitches as a fifth starter this year, basically if he completes his transformation into Mark Gardner. The Giants are going to be happy with that. And we're going to be relieved. Because yeah. we're going to look at it, and at the end of the season, he's going to have like a 486 ERA. And he'll have given up 25 to 26 or 25 to 28 home runs in like 162 innings. And somehow we will not have gouge our eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll go, oh, Matt Kane, he's not back, but he's not uh, uh He's not a pile of ashes. Um, so there we go. All right. So we'll go to our Twitter questions now. We ask for your Twitter questions or questions through Twitter every week. And Doug, what do we have? 
Uh, first one came from Ryan Duca at Blazers. Oh, wait, no. Is that from last week? That's from last week. That's okay. If we didn't answer it, we could do it again. We might have. I mean, who knows? Let's skip that one. Uh, the first one, then, is from Cal at Not Really Calvin. And he, by the way, asked, asked this question before we asked for questions, which is why it's getting on the show, because we appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yes, and he do. said, do the Giants know that true center fielders are real and do exist? No, <laughs> no, they don't know. Well, they've heard of it in theory, but I wouldn't say they know. Yeah, it's like communism is good in theory. Right, exactly. But they don't actually believe the practical application of that. Is Denard Span not, in this then the questioner's opinion, a true center fielder? Because I think he is, he is at least the classic idea of what one is. Right, he's like the classic I mean, idea of a center fielder if that center fielder didn't have to be good. <laughs> I, I'm just saying he's, I don't know, I don't... I guess it's sort of the same with Angel Pagan. Like, I totally understand why you're like, oh, he can't play center field. And he definitely, but, you know, as a left fielder, he was whatever. And I guess, oh, man, you know what? Let's put the brakes on the brakes here. Doug, can we name three great center fielders in our lifetimes who've been, who've played for the Giants? I mean, does, does like being great for one single season count? I think it's as much as we can hope for. So who so, would that be? Andres Torres. Okay. Uh, but I guess my point is, is Andres Torres and Denard, and Denard Span are they that much different from each other? Really? 2010 Andres Torres, yes. Because that's basically the only one I'm thinking of. Okay. I mean, because I guess Gregor Blanco then would kind of fall into that as well. But Gregor Blanco didn't play a ton of center field. He was usually a corner guy. Yeah. Because uh, I'm just thinking like, oh, Marvin Bernard. W- Willie McGee. <laughs> Willie McGee. All right. Brett Butler. Brett Butler. That would probably be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was Brett Butler that great? I guess. Like defensively in the way. I don't know. <laughs> There's no way to tell at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um Next question. All right, next question from Logan Dobson, at Logan Dobson. Uh, Scoop! Scoop! Not really a question, I guess, so how about, scale of 1 to 10, how much will we come to rue the Susac trade? Well, so far, nobody in that trade has has played a game in the majors yet this year, or played a game at all yet this year. So, so far, it's pretty even. That's true. I, I didn't. I don't even think about it. No. I, I think that trade was fine. Like, I think it, you know, Will Smith got hurt, which was not great, but you couldn't really see that coming. Like, you can't, you can't not acquire pitchers because you can't not acquire a pitcher because your scary is going to have to have Tommy John. Then you'd have to not acquire any pitchers ever. Right. Because every pitcher's destiny is Tommy John or never pitching again. Yeah. So. Um, and Susak's hurt a lot. And Phil Bickward has that whole marijuana thing suspension and also scouts aren't super sold on him staying a starter so yeah i don't know i don't really have a problem with it even now yeah i never really saw him i mean in the final analysis before he was traded it was sort of oh i guess he's not that great of a backup offensively maybe there's some there's a little bit of a bat there but sort of in your backup catcher you want you need a, a defender that's what a catcher 
is really designed to be. And if Susak was only ever going to be an average, slightly above average bat and really an average at best defender, then yeah, I don't, I don't see the value. And I would also say his his um, offensive twenty fourteen numbers were probably are probably a lot better than you should have expected even from a healthy Susak going forward. So there might be some overvaluing there too. Which makes him the perfect trade candidate. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that we all just basically said, huh, the Giants must have really lost, Phil Bickford must have really lost the luster there. But the Giants just traded him for a left-handed reliever. Um, that they'd be willing to expose him. But I mean, I don't think about him anymore. I remember being very upset about it. But. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if the Giants are doing it, it's their thought is yeah it's probably fine yeah 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 exactly all right all right what else next question from steve svensson friend of the friend of the croncast who asked Mm -hmm. are you as excited as i am that chris shaw has been playing left field in richmond if not please lie lie to me thanks oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) i just like that we can call him shish shish craw Shiss craw. There we go. Yeah. Shiss craw. Yeah. Uh, that's it's it's the best news. I feel like we should probably end on that note, but we're not. <laughs> but I mean, that's it's exciting stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um. <laughs> next next question from uh, McCovey Chronicles' own Sammy Higgins, who, in response to our poll question, which we'll talk about, in the, <laughs> which we should talk about also, the the poll question was, what should the Giants do about left field? The options were make a trade, double down on Aaron Hill. Only one person picked that. Whoever that is, I will find you. Uh, no left fielder, period. And wait for Morser Wong. She asked, why is Barry Bonds not an option? <laughs> well, he's retired. Yeah. So there's that. He's also 49 years old. So. <laughs> and I certainly love the... I mean, I love the idea of Barry Bonds coming back, but I mean, reality has to set in here. That's all. I guess I should give a joke answer, right? Why isn't Barry Bonds? Because Barry Bonds is better than a poll question. (laughs) There we go. That's that's why. There's the reason why. Um, Man, that would be great. Especially if it's like August and the Giants are like 15 games. Well, they're already... They're, remember, they're projected to be 10 games out by the Dodgers. But if it, so if they're like 30 games out, <laughs> it'd be great if they're just like Barry Bonds and left. I mean, the only reason I think they should sign him again is so they can kick his Hall of Fame candidacy down the road a little bit more. That's true. Clear out some of the BBWAA yeah. through the actuarial table. Exactly. So that's, a good, that's a good idea. Um, that's a, I like that. That's smart. That's savvy, Doug. It is. You got you to gotta look out for your players. By the way, the winner of the poll question, by one vote, no left fielder, period. One vote over, wait for Morthor Wong. So, way to go, guys. The Giants should not have a left fielder. I will say, though, it was a plurality, not a majority. If this, was, if this were a true election, we would have them go to a runoff. <laughs> In which case, because those are the two options, nobody wins. Right. So... <laughs> Uh, Huang's only playing infield, you said. You, you've you been to AAA, he, so they, they haven't even put him in the outfield. One game in the outfield. And, oh, I see. And he did not look great, but it was also apparently a pretty unpleasant night in Salt Lake City where it's, the ball flies, so who knows what that means. But he's probably not ready as an outfielder yet. 
And I guess in that situation, if Wong's hitting so well in, in the minors, then you do put Nunez in left and you put Wong at third. Or you put Belt in left. Or, and, yeah. or you put Belt in left and Wong at first. first. Yeah. yeah, which would probably be best. Um, but Because uh, it seems like Brandon Belt's the only other player on the roster who could hit enough to make up for the defense downgrade in left. And it's not entirely clear he would be awful in left, but we know he wouldn't be great. Yes. Uh, so the next, the next, there are actually four questions in, in this next one, so I think we're just going to answer them real fast and not really talk about them. Uh, okay. From Charles Cadiz at CSIX, who asked, Who's in left field? Who is Matt Kane? Did the giraffe give birth yet? Also, once and for all, does Melanson have a neck? Uh, well, did the draft? The draft did have the for, baby yet? Yes. That's no, okay. All right. The draft. Uh, Matt Kane is, is the fifth starter on the Giants, so that's done. Mm hmm. Uh, what was the first question? Who's in left field? Well, the poll question answered that. Nobody. Nobody. And then does Melanson. Which have... the, the performance on the field also answered. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then does Melanson yeah. have a neck? No one knows. Science, is, science hasn't come back on that. I'm going to come back to Melanson in just a second. Okay. We are such jerks, Doug, because Chris Morero finally hit, had that major league hit. That's right. <laughs> and he finally, <laughs> like, we totally steamrolled over. We totally ignored the fact that the thing that the Giants hoped for with this minor league guy who had a great spring training finally came to fruition. He had the home run, which is what they signed him for. <laughs> it's like... So he's he, he's gonna play now. Uh, so, congrats to Chris Marrero for finally achieving your destiny, as the Giants saw it. So, there we go. He's actually the de facto left fielder right now, which is the most terrifying thing that I could think of. And of everyone on the roster, like who all the the best the best answer right now is still probably Belton left, and maybe Gillespie at first right now. But like, if Belt isn't in left, then. I think he's better than Aaron Hill. I... Gillespie has good at bats. Yeah, he. It's funny watching him in this early going. He's he's having great at bats. He's he's uh, he he. I think he's a guest hitter to some degree, but it seems like he studies pretty well because he's letting. He knows what the tendencies are and knows he kind of has an idea of when he should be swinging. You know, it's, you know, when he's going to have to foul something off, when he's going to need to lay off of it. What's interesting, though, is that he last year was the best, was it the last two years, was the best hitter in baseball or one of the best at velocities like 95 plus? Yeah, he was great there. And so this year he hasn't quite got off to a start like that, which, you know, three years ago, Brian, when I was less mature, (laughs) (laughs) would be like, oh, he's lost his bat speed. But to me, it's just like, no, no, he's saving it for the playoffs. When they need it most, um, yeah. But I, that's probably still that's that's a, that's almost as terrifying a thought that that is probably the best configuration. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and Mark Manson's neck. My thought is Mark Manson looks like he's he constantly looks like he's got high anxiety. He's very nervous, and so his shoulders are high because he's tense. That's what it looks like. It's like he's about to get called in the principal's office all the time. <laughs> Well, he keeps closing things. <laughs> Except that one time. Except that one time. <laughs> well, he keeps closing people's trunks. God, Mark. 
Calm down. People are looking to walk through that door. Don't close it yet. He's like, this is what I'm paid to do. What else am I supposed to do? Uh, any other questions? Uh, Winston Holyfield at Chowder496 asked, will Buster Posey pull a Joe Panic and be plagued with concussion side effects for half a season? God, I hope not. I don't want to think about yeah, that. Me too. Can I only think about that if that happens? Is that okay? Also, I, I mean, I don't want to think about that either, but also I can't help but think that Buster Posey versus most giants in recent history, with the exception of Mike Matheny, which is pretty scary, seems to be a foul tip magnet. Yeah. Benji Molina took some. Benji Molina took some, I remember. But, you know, uh, Matheny, when, in his brief stint with the Giants, took, like, what to me were haymakers before he finally got his. And Posey's taken his fair share over the years, too. And didn't Susak also get a concussion from, from a foul tip? Oh, he might have. From like yeah. a really bad one? Like, yeah. So, and, and I mean, recently too, since he's left, I mean, yeah. not, to, not that it didn't happen with the Giants, but since he's left the Giants, Hector Sanchez has been getting beat up too with those foul tips. Oh, Hector Sanchez. Yeah. Hector Sanchez. So, you know, but <laughs> maybe it is just a Giants catcher thing. It's like a drummer from Spinal Tap situation, which again, hope not because that would be uh, tough. But, you know, Buster Posey, it's a possibility. It's the human brain. We don't know. Yeah. And Joe Panic to me, it's sort of like, how do you ever really know? And I guess it's just if you wake up more days feeling better than than you than not, then that's the only way you can know. I, I would so. say in Posey's defense, the Giants did give him a straight week off after his concussion, which Joe Panic didn't get, which is a great thing, and hopefully that will help. Okay, final question from at LB37, who asked, and I have an answer to this, but I'll let you go first, Brian. If Giants players were Easter candy, what would they be? Well, we can't. We're out of time. We're not going to go through the whole roster. That's, <laughs> that's why. That's why I was just going to do this. They'd be peeps because they all suck. <laughs> Let's leave it there. All right, that's perfect. They belong in the trash <laughs> with the other peeps. Uh, all right, so you can send us questions all week long. Uh, I'm at every six day. Doug, you're at Moonwalk McFly still. Still, yes. And, uh, we also have the at Mick Croncast uh, handle that you can also fire your questions at. Uh, and all complaints, of course, go to Grant Brisby at McCovey Cron. Yes. He wants And to you can that. also, yes, yeah, right. Also, you can go to the site every day, McCoveyChronicles.com, where it's going to be plenty of content. Great content every day. I have a series, a 10-part series, for the 10-year anniversary of the 2017, Doug. And you know why I'm doing that? No, I don't. Because as I was getting back into baseball one year, 2007 in fact, I bought the Giants Media Guide. So (laughs) I have it still, and I am going to go through it and make articles out of it. And the Giants have two off days this week. So you're going to get a lot of my writing Folks who listen to this podcast, who also listen to the podcast. That's a, that's a lot of Brian. Probably more Brian than even I can handle. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, and we will be back next week. It's going to be a short week. There's not going to be a lot, of talk to about, lot, a lot to talk about. So my suggestion is, for you, Doug, and for me, Brian, and for you, listener, to come up with potentially bring back some McCovey Chromecast games that we can play. We haven't done that in a while. We could bring back Big Spoon, Little Spoon. 
which is probably <laughs> still the best one. Um, but if something tickles your fancy, the Easter one would have been a good one, maybe. But I think Doug answered it perfectly, so that saved us some time. But if you have any recommendations for games we should play involving your Giants, let us know. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye.